Hello everyone to another Chess Club Life podcast uh, on the eve of Christmas um, and I'm talking to you today about um, NFTs. Um, this is a technology that has um, really boomed over the, the past year or so um, and it's um, really hit the uh, chess world um, quite uh, impressively um, there's um, Gary Kasparov uh, offering uh, NFTs of uh, his most iconic moments um, Judith Polgar offering NFTs um, and even Chessbase um, offering NFTs of, of specific games and um, you know artistic m- you know, impressions um, and selling them, all of them selling them on OpenSea. So I'd just like to talk to you about uh, this phenomena. Um, what are NFTs? Um, why are they worth anything? Um, is it worth getting into it? Um, and, uh, you know, what's the future of, of this new um, kind of uh, technology is it a fad or is it something that's just going to co- essentially commercialize chess um, I'd like to also add that I am not a financial advisor and anything I say is speculation and for fun and uh, comment social comment um, and not in any way advising you on how to um, invest your money um, investing money in cryptos um, is fraught with um, risk and you could potentially lose everything you've invested in that so just we've got that um, standard uh, warning out of the way Um, NFTs NFTs are non-fungible tokens they're actually the um, maybe younger and more exciting cousin of what we've known in crypto for a long time as the fungible tokens which um, are tokens created on a blockchain Um, this is an indelible shared ledger um, which can essentially replace money these electronic money that's fungible tokens non-fungible tokens are tokens which are unique in some way they're unique on the blockchain can be identified on the blockchain you can um, encode uh, art um, or information uniquely and identify uniquely you you also have the option of um, having editable and non-editable nfts you can have um, NFTs that produce several copies of or items of uh, essentially the same NFT instance. That's possible. We can go into that a bit further later on. Um, but essentially, it's the uniqueness of the NFTs which are um, the key selling point. So, someone like um, Judith Polgar or Gary Kasparov partners with an NFT 
technology firm and they mint a load of NFTs for them and then they sell them on OpenSea. So what's very clear is that you need um, a form of verification in order to make your NFT worth getting, okay? Because if it's just purely because of the art, then when you're advertising your NFT on OpenSea, everyone's got access to your art, they can see it, they can even, dare I say, copy the art by just screenshotting, but that's not the point, is it? The point of an NFT is the fact that you're collected that particular item has been released by a specific person. You are in an open gallery, which is OpenSea, effectively. They are the main um, browser um, medium for uh, NFTs. And you uh, can safely know that you are the owner of that specific item released by that specific person. So to me, that is really where it begins. You have to have that um, verification. Now, the question is, does chess offer that much of um, interest in the NFT market? So would somebody who isn't, um, you know, chess fan or particularly into chess or particularly knows anything about Judith Polgar or Gary Kasparov or Chessbase or anybody else who's offering an NFT, be it Fide or whoever, because they, they're into it as well. Um, they, they wouldn't necessarily need to be focused on collecting NFTs because they thought it was really cool and they were into chess where chess would make it in the nft world and if you like the community is when it's kind of worth something to people who aren't particularly interested in it but they're getting it and investing in it because it's essentially an asset worth having it's an investment i don't know if we're there yet I've seen a lot of NFTs based on chess and they fall into essentially three camps. One is where they're trying to tie in some kind of artistic uh, impression, uh, be it photograph, be it sort of video, essentially a GIF, um, and, and sort of publish that onto the blockchain. Another one is they're talking about the mechanics of chess. so. Uh, they would literally go um, I've seen ones that um, are tying up um, maths and chess so they're looking at chessboard 64 squares and doing 2 to the 64 and clearly they're using the chessboard as essentially a, um, a mathematical tool um, to create numbers um, which have, you know, an artistic coin and we've got the, the number of the indices, the 2 to the 64th power or whatever. So it's 2 to, um, actually, 
that's interesting because I know that they're actually doing it from 2 to the 0 to 2 to the 64. So that's that's actually 65 items there, but never mind. <laughs> that's, that, that literally is that they're selling it on the basis of a, of a chessboard. Obviously, they're counting the 0, um, which isn't on the chessboard, but never mind. There you go. Sometimes there are these... Uh, um, kind of anomalies in the nft world and uh, we might get to that later in the podcast so the third version of an nft chess nft are what i would call the unique characteristics of chess positions i've seen some people try to take unique moments in chess be it chess puzzles or a chess game and take the unique moment of that and try and encode that onto the blockchain now that seems to be the most exciting because you have a ready-made landscape for this you know chess and the number of positions on the board and you know you could imagine a situation where you're mining um, unique chess positions which have a specific characteristic um, and then you create an NFT of that. So I'm, I'm less bothered about the artwork, but some people are. So however you depict it, but the point is you've got, it's effectively got um, a position which is unique and has some unique characteristics. Um, and and that, would, that would actually be quite interesting um, because you could have market full of this collection of positions where there you know know, five queens on the board or you know there's um, a queen sacrifice or um, something um, unique going on in terms of, of chess specific chess world champions mating um, on the board and doing some really cool stuff um, could be quite interesting potentially I'm not so sure about pictures of world champions or chess players and superimposing random games on them with some cool funky artwork I don't know if that particularly would interest me um, or the people I know of who would um, be interested in trading NFTs and I'm not sure if uh, taking a chess board or a chess piece the sort of technical side of it encoding it or encoding a number that's to the power of 64 uh, 2 to the 64 or you know some other um, integer um, or something would necessarily interest the people that I know of who um, potentially could be buying uh, assets on the chess NFT space but what is clear is that we have an opportunity here, there is something going on, people are calling it a scam, people are saying this is the new um commercial um nirvana of chess and 
there's all sorts of things going on. It's the Wild West. Um, you 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 can kind of see some of the things that were happening in the early days of um, the dot com boom, maybe early days of crypto, um, fungible crypto, um, and I think there's potential here. What I would say is be careful not everything that's being put out there is worth getting I would say it's the opposite there's very little worth getting and it's really good to just observe and see what's going on there is a fundamental paradox actually with some of these chess NFTs because I've produced some myself you know I work in the technology industry and um, I out of curiosity created a few chess nfts myself just to see what the the life of the land was and um what's very clear is uh you can create chess nft um on a blockchain say polygon or ethereum mainnet and there's nothing stopping you from varying it actually people do that they create variations of the same uh, on the same theme so variations on a theme and just put that in a collection and put that on on OpenSea to sell there's nothing actually stopping you from creating the same NFT over and over again with a different title or some slight variation in colour and, and all of that kind of stuff so it's quite nuanced. Also, when people are placing offers and you establish a price, it, there's nothing stopping you from creating um, wallets and bidding on your own item. I'm not suggesting anyone do this or anyone has done it, but I'm saying it's possible to do this. And you can bid and essentially bid on your own work and sell that for a price which then gets registered on the blockchain and then you've established a price but actually who has bought it it's it's someone associated to you or um, it might actually be you there's, there's no way I could verify that, that someone has um, bought an item that I'm bidding on previously bought an item and I'm looking at the bid list and the history is not that same person with multiple wallet addresses so that to me is something that needs to be resolved if you are bidding on something and you're particularly um, interested on holding it for value you have to really be careful because there's potential there for uh, misdirection Let's just say, um, maybe not intentional, but there could be areas where you need to be extremely careful what you're bidding on and what you value you think you're going to assign to that asset. Um, however, going back to the idea of verification, if you're going to an established grandmaster who's like a legend and they're partnering with someone who's, um, you know, Got, got sort of um, a good uh, 
wrap, if you like, in terms of the NFT community, um, then you really are in a place where, okay, you know that everything's above board and this value. You're, buy, you're essentially buying an artifact, sport artifact, and um, it's something that's been released by a hero of yours, and there's a direct link between them recording it, releasing it, and you purchasing it so um, that's usually what collectors like if you sign an autograph that's essentially what you're doing you're doing it digitally so I would say that that is the place where we we get the value we get the value from a direct um, linkage between something someone some event and it being released in the blockchain and purchasing it so where does that put most of the chest nfts that you see on the market well like i say i've seen three kind of distinct categories of these nfts um and i'd, I'd say the um celebrity NF- chess of nft is probably the most marketable one um the technical one less so the most interesting one the one where you're actually you're mining um, specific moments, specific uh, chess um, configurations on the board, um, and doing something special with that. Um, I, I would say it's really exciting. I mean, another kind of area which hasn't been explored so much, and I don't know why, because there's so much potential here, um, are chess. Uh, photographers putting their collections on OpenSea now the question is if a chess photographer puts their collection on OpenSea are they to some degree selling uh, some access to their copyrighted images in a collection like you would expect if you went to an art gallery and you bought a painting, you own that painting, take a photo of that painting, it's your painting. You can put that on the internet, you could even sell prints of that artwork, because it's your artwork. Um, the original artist has sold that artwork to you. I presume they're selling access to that artwork for you to print and do what you want with it. Photocopy it, do what you want. There's no copy and paste. People can't just come along. Well, they could. If you stuck it in a public art gallery, they could take photos of it. But they can't physically own it. You physically own it. In the digital world, it's less obvious. When a photographer takes a photo, there's certain properties of uh, that photograph that are encoded in that digital picture that can't be copied however you need to be reading at that level so you need to be reading those um, photograph uh, parameters shutter speed and all of that sort of stuff and that uniquely identifies you know a particular photo taken by a particular photographer at a particular time to as much degree as you can 
if it, to encode all of that onto the blockchain and then literally sell that, you could sell it as a, a work of art um, and then that particular person has the rights um, to own that and to use that photo um, and I think the boundaries of that, the, the use of that photo, uh, chess photo, um, would need to be obviously agreed in terms of what you're offering. But I think it's safe to say that photographers could make quite a lot of money um, for specific photos that they have. It's already clear, especially if they haven't already sold it to magazines um, or, or um, other outlets and, and the pretty rare photos, that this could generate some interest. Um, I know I'd be bidding on it. And if it did mean that uh, I could for once um, feel that, uh, you know, you get some access to a photo um, by um, bidding on this and and that you own it and potentially um, you could be sharing in any um, access, future access to that photo, that would be very interesting wouldn't it at the moment these photos just sit there on the photographer's website or on their um, you know storage areas and they're not really doing anything with them they've earned the money by publishing them uh with a magazine or with a chess website and so on that chess website didn't own the copyright but now potentially they could sell the copyright as an asset and relinquish um, to some degree some of their rights or share them could become um, co-sharers of, of a copyright I wouldn't mind that I'd buy it if knowing fully well the photographer still has access to the copyrights they're theirs forever um, does, does having that on the blockchain relinquish them of their copyright no I don't think it it does but then you need an IP lawyer to establish that point but there is an area where I think we could you could literally um, be be talking some very interesting scenarios and essentially it would be the same um, category of NFT where you get celebrity photographer who's well known in the chess world takes really pictures you can you know you, we all know um the, the likely candidates and the usual suspects there um and, and you're literally going wow you know um i've i i've, I've got a um a great photo um leonard oates photo you know or uh alina lamy's photo or or david larder photo um well, it would be quite interesting. Um, I mean, these are my thoughts right now about NFTs. I know I've covered quite a lot of areas. Um, there's potentially more areas here where, um, you know, you've got people, um, you know, we've talked about the photographers, um, you know, the, the Rain Morris Hills, the um, Alina Lamy, the David Larders, the Leonard Oates, 
Um, but we could talk about chess grandmasters who are known for specific things. Boris Ashley's commentary could have like moments in chess. I, I can recall uh, the Intel Grand Prix um, and some of the commentaries he did with um, Daniel King, and and you could you could kind of see moments like that being coded on the blockchain um, with um, the authorization from Morris Ashley and. Uh, Daniel King um, as well and just owning those moments um, you know literally um, digitally autographed by those commentators themselves Um, the video commentary that they do certain areas you could have interviews um, moments like that captured on the blockchain so the blockchain as in for non-fungible tokens is um, a publicly accessible library of moments um, and could be very, very good. Could be very, very good, lucrative. Um, And failing all that, it could just be that perfect collector's dream where you get something, you know, something that someone um, that was involved in um, that chess event or that um, chess artwork um, be a photograph be a specific game be a specific position or configuration has given to you um, or that you've bought direct, you know, directly or indirectly from um, the creator or co-creators of that asset I think that's something worth looking at this is the new world of chess NFTs Um, you'll see lots and lots of things happening Um, there are lots and lots of chess NFTs going out at the moment chess uh, is obviously an area where people are very very much interested um, in at the moment and I think NFTs as well is is riding a kind of buzz so chess and nfts uh are creating um their own kind of hype and buzz Um, but that's my take on it and um, it'd be very interesting to see whether my predictions on um the uh, kind of future of these three areas of chess nfts um gets borne out i think the most interesting ones would be the chess photography area um, specific chess grandmasters who are legendary um, you know the Kasparovs the Polgars um, even the Carlsons of the world producing specific NFTs tailor made for collectors to collect Um, and um, chess photographers um releasing chess photos um, unique in their um, library onto the NFT market and then the area of uh, the unique chess configuration um, specific 
chest-rich moments um, that are either have been up to now undiscovered, um, but they they hold a very unique kind of uh, area. Um, you can imagine someone sketching out the night's tour um, in a specific artistic way, but that's a very specific um, chess configuration. Um, and um, for, for instance, um, Alexandra Kosniuk um, did the night's tour in record time, so if she was co-signing an NFT where um, she had a record time on there and, and she was releasing this NFT it would be quite an interesting piece to own you've owned the chess tour the chess night tour of uh, Alexandra Kostiuk could be quite interesting I know I'd bid on that um, so very very interesting um, turn of events in terms of chess NFTs and the uniqueness or non-uniqueness and um, just to talk a little bit about that I think if an NFT is editable um, it's quite could be quite interesting depending on what the NFT is um, I think the more indelible the more uh, the, the uniqueness of it um, the less um, potential, potentially more items, um, the better. But I think that's obvious. Um, if you're selling multiple items of the same NFT, essentially the same NFT collection or single items or collection, um, you would be essentially reducing the value of them um, just as much as an, an artwork if you if you're pulling copies of that and putting them on the market yeah they are sellable but they're copies um, so if they're unique pieces then the, it feels more special um, regardless of the value it's it's more special and um, since they are potentially more unique moments and unique assets to mine and to publish um, then why create copies of the same thing that's my take on it um, so I would really invite you to have a look um, at this area of chess NFTs and see what you think uh, maybe create some of your own um, I've um, created NFTs, it's quite easy to do that. Um, there's an app called Go NFT. You just put that in your um, app store or your um, Google Market. Um, it should come up for um, very little. You can actually publish something onto the um, NFT marketplace, OpenSea, either on Polygon or on the Ethereum mainnet polygons cheaper um, as far as I can see it the prices of um, gas are much much reduced uh, so the fees associated to 
doing things on that blockchain are just m much cheaper on Polygon um, and Ethereum is a little bit more expensive. Uh, they're both listed in um, OpenSea in the same way, um, at least at uh, first glance. So, you know, if uh, you want to just experiment with it, I'd say listing on, uh, on the Polygon uh, blockchain is probably the way to go. Um, and, um, and have a go. Go NFT, like I say, is the, the app that I use to do this is fairly straightforward. Um, it's generally the case that NFTs require you to have some kind of um, image of something uh, which you then load up and it then uh, puts it onto the blockchain uh, with your uh, token ID um, and you as the creator with your um, crypto wallet address um, there and then the contract and token ID is is just published onto the uh, blockchain so it's an exciting world it's a world open to um, literally innovation and uh, you know uh, good ideas and it's uh, it's a very new world right now we don't know where it's going to go um, you can see from this podcast that I'm literally feeling my way through um, some of the ideas as, as I'm speaking to you now but um, you know for instance I just published a, an NFT and people who aren't, have nothing to do with chess uh, are looking at my chess NFT um, and uh, you know give me feedback on it and I, I never imagined that if I published um, uh, a puzzle chess puzzle onto Twitter uh, that any of those people would have liked it if it wasn't uh, related to an NFT so you see right there there's um, kind of uh, a different angle in terms of where um, the interest is is uh, going for this NFT it does open up uh, a new um, level of interest and new opportunities um, and a new route to market um, for uh, chess assets um, also in my NFTs um, what I'm actually doing is I'm actually playing a game um, a game called Chess Master Cube which I'm earning uh, chess cash on uh, chess cash is a fungible token I created um, and I'm able to um, earn chess cash while I'm looking for these unique positions and then I'm able to make NFTs out of these unique positions with the chess cash um, um, amounts that I've traded mined um, available within that um, image that I'm creating as an NFT so it's there's a lot going on there uh, we'll see how it goes okay everyone thanks for listening and I hope you explore the world of chess NFTs and um, do have a very very Merry Christmas and I'll see you in the new year bye for now <laughs>